guys. Good to be back with you, Cloud, with you here. Uh, thank you so much. Daniel Dossel was with us yesterday. Really enjoy hearing him talk. Um, I know it's good to have different people on here, and I was with us a lot last week. So thank you for everybody else stepping up and doing some episodes. Hope you guys enjoy that. I'm back with us today. We're still in First John. We're, we're still in Chapter 2. Um, like we said, John writes, and he's kind of all over the place. He picks up a topic, puts it down, picks it up again. And so today, it's you're going to get this a lot. It's kind of the repetitive stuff. We have just come out of a section on false teaching, which is a huge deal for the whole book to understand the context. But he's talking about the Antichrist and false teaching. And we know, and we talked about this in the introduction, that a big deal that John is writing to is this movement of Gnosticism. Uh, and so really, if you think about that, that is the context in which he's writing. A lot of this helps to make more sense to why it seems like he's repetitive, but it's just revolving around that. That's kind of who uh, and what he is addressing. The church is really struggling with these false teachers, the Gnostics, infiltrating the ranks and the the ideas uh, and thoughts infiltrating and, and slowly slipping into the minds of these Christians, his audience. Uh, these churches that he's writing to. So let's continue to dig in. Now, really, this this thought, uh, the way I broke this up, it kind of goes with yesterday's text, but then also goes with the first couple verses in chapter three. So um, again, we're kind of treading ground that we have tread before and will continue to tread. But let's dig in. First John chapter two, verses 26 through 29. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. And now, little children, abide in him, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. If you know that he is righteous, you may be sure that everyone who practices righteousness has been born of him. Uh, so a lot of concepts that we've talked about multiple times, like what does a Christian look like? What's well, a Christian looks like someone who's obeying and someone who's abiding, right? Um, so so here's some interesting things. Again, this, this backdrop of false teaching. It's kind of weird in verse, well, 26 and 27, he's like... Uh, you know, you don't have any need that someone should teach you. And it's like, wait, what? I mean, you're teaching them because you're writing them this letter. Like, Cloud, you're doing this podcast. Like, Pastor Brady on said, like, what? Teaching's bad? What? What's he saying? But that's not what he's saying. He He's not dogging teachers of the word. He's denying teachers of a new word. <laughs> he's not denying teachers of the word. He's denying teachers of a new word in other words the gnostics right one of their beliefs i told you this is important but one of the gnostics uh, pillars of their beliefs was that you can and this was part of that greek world really the whole philosophy thing but that you could come you could arrive salvation whatever word you want for it it's all about knowledge uh, which is really where you get gnosticism that word it's coming from the word that means knowledge so really, they they believe that you can get some new, like, oh, this is, I got the scoop. This is some new special knowledge or, or new revelation. We, we say revelation is God's revealing his word to us, this knowledge. 
And so we don't need additional revelation. We don't need additional knowledge except for Jesus Christ and him crucified. In fact, you know, John is warning like, hey, again, he's not he's not dogging teachers of the word. He's denying teachers of a new word. So, you know, this special knowledge, it's not needed. In fact, it's deadly. In the the last chunk, he's talked about people that have separated, right? They've that's not going to go well. Like they went out from us. They were not of us like crash and burn that kind of, that kind of a thing. And and we see that in the church, don't we? When people just fall out and like, Hey, where'd they go? And they get caught up in something and they're just into weird kooky beliefs and stuff. So anything that says, Hey, there's, this is outside of scripture. You can know this and you're good in whatever way, whatever movement it happens to be is dangerous. And so John's warning that, Hey, you don't need teachers of this new word. You have an anointing, i.e. the Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity who lives in you, who's already taught you this stuff. Like you're in, he's talking to Christians, right? Everything that you know that is true, Jesus is crucified. He raised from the dead. He died for your sins. You're in Christ. You have the Holy, you're sealed with the Holy Spirit. You don't need more than that. Like you, you've already had that quote unquote anointing. As his anointing teaches you about everything and is true, it is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. And so again, he says, abide. Now, we talked about that multiple times, had a whole episode on it. He's going to continue to go on. All this to say, real teaching will lead you to confidence in the word, and confidence in the word will lead to consistent abiding, right? You're going to know a Christian because he's obeying, and not only obeying, but abiding this this idea of long-term continual pattern lifestyle of obedience. It's not just a, I'm grinning and bearing it. I I'm living this way. It's a new lifestyle. You're going to notice the right teaching because the Holy spirit is impressing upon you and illuminating scripture to see those things. So again, real teaching, like real, correct, right. Teaching will lead you, us, me, real teaching will lead us to have confidence in the word that we already have not a new one but the word real teaching will lead you to confidence in the word number two confidence in the word will lead to consistent abiding it says that two more times just in these few verses abide abide in him abide in him the dude abides right abide is used 23 times in this whole book and seven times of that, the use of that word is right here in chapter two. So it's a big deal. Confidence in the word will lead to consistent abiding. Then number three, abiding makes us motivated for Jesus' return. Abiding makes us motivated for Jesus' return. It says in verse 28, Abide now, little children, so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. And so I was trying to think of how to illustrate this. If y'all will bear with me, y'all know the feeling, like if you could just kind of go back, right? You're a kid. You know that feeling and your mom says, you just wait till your father gets home or or something like that, right? That, oh, he's going to come home. Like, you know, you're nervous, right? Or maybe like you're in high school, if you're listening to this and the the intercom comes on, you know, your name report to the principal's office please right <gasps> i'm nervous like what's what's that or or maybe your boss he like sees you and he's like hey you got a minute 
you're like, what's this going to be about, right? Or or maybe, now don't say this about your spouse, but maybe your spouse like, hey, can we talk? Like, oh, what's this going to be about, right? Now, you know, some of those have limitations, but you you know the feeling, right? That feeling of maybe uh, maybe fear, maybe just kind of shrinking and like, oh, wait, would I do something wrong? I'm, what, what, I don't, I'm, I'm unsure, right? Well, John is talking about all this stuff in regards to Jesus's coming. It's not going to be like that. He doesn't mean this to frighten, but to reassure. It's a good thing. And now, little children, this is the affectionate term again. Abide in him so that when he appears, we may have confidence and not shrink from him in shame at his coming. And so the longer we walk in the Christian life and all these things, real teaching leads you to have confidence in the word, not confidence in yourself, right? I'm not talking about self-confidence. We're talking about confidence in that word, you know, that fiery, the word says belief, right? Real teaching leads you to confidence in the word. Confidence in the word will lead you consistent abiding. Abiding makes us motivated for his return. We're excited. All that is not that pit in the stomach feeling. Ugh. It's yay. Good thing. This is good. And the more we abide in Jesus, the more we abide in him and his word, what he's already said to us, the more yay feels true. The more it feels true. So I hope that's encouraging to you guys. Let me pray real quick. Father, thank you for everybody listening to this. Uh, I pray that you they would continue, all of us, continue to dig into your word and get excited about that. I pray for people and their obedience today, the, the different battles that we're going to come across, maybe as we're driving, as we're working, uh, living in this difficult and fallen world, that we would have more opportunities for obedience and then that obedience would in turn uh, just be a life of abiding and abiding in you, Jesus. Thank you for what you've done for us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Y'all have a good one. We'll see you on the next episode.